Are you constantly struggling with how to function in society? Do you need someone to make you laugh on occasion? Are you wanting to share your thoughts and opinions? Well, have I got a show for you. My name is Garrett, host of Garrett Talks to Himself, a segmented interactive podcast where I do all of these things. Head to anchor.fm slash gtth to subscribe wherever you listen. I'll be waiting. Welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And all right, so we posted a poll after we had last week's episode. We asked the question, who's the better actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Dave Bautista? Apparently we struck a chord. Yeah, it looks that (laughs) way. Uh, We're very much in the minority. Um, Because I asked the question, actor, not movie star, but actor. Yeah. And apparently 67% of you all think that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the better actor. And that's totally okay. I don't agree. But I am going to go ahead and read through some of the the comments that we got on here. Um, Just because, you know, I... I, It was interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, From uh, our friends over at the Shoot the Flick podcast, uh, they said, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the answer. Just because he is an action star, we shouldn't hold that against him. I think if you flipped all their roles, The Rock as Batista parts would be better than Batista and The Rock's parts. Okay. Interesting way to look at it. Uh, Over at Some Nobodies, they asked, uh, have you seen Southland Tales? Drax couldn't have pulled that off. And I'm sitting here going, I didn't see Southland Tales. I heard it was terrible, but uh, okay. I mean, that's that's cool. Let's see, uh, over JVD of The Villain's Demand uh, said, Dwayne does over-the-top crazy action films that don't rely on good acting skills. He could never pull off Drax, which got, we got dubbed podcast to respond with a gif from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 of Drax saying, I too am extraordinarily humble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then our friends, uh, Sean and Chris over at Dad and Rock, uh, that podcast, they said, I may need to drop the people's elbow for even asking the question. Uh, yeah so you know like I said I'm not I'm not upset I'm not honestly I'm not surprised at anybody's response Um, I still stand by I think Dave Bautista is the better actor when it comes to flipping roles I that's the thing is like the things that The Rock would do movie wise like choices are not things that Dave Bautista would want to do in the first place yeah so, and vice versa. Like, I don't see The Rock playing a Bond henchman. He'd rather be like, if he's going to do it, he wants to be a full-on Bond villain. And yeah. again, that's totally okay. Uh, when it comes to Drax, though, I, I can't in a million years see The Rock playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but, at the same time, I can't see The Rock, or, Dwayne, or Dave Bautista joining the Fast and Furious franchise. So, you know, <laughs> that's, I... That's true. Yeah, it, 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 it is. That's what, true. It's it's hard to compare when they're different types of actors. Exactly. And exactly. just because they can't do each other's roles doesn't necessarily mean they're bad actors. No, not at all. Uh, like, 
just just think about any other actor that's well respected trying to step into you know the rock she's imagine joseph gordon levitt trying to be the rock's character in the fast and furious right you laugh at him you would joseph gordon levitt is a fantastic actor and i don't think anyone would fight me for saying that no no not at all it's just different types of roles fit different types of actors exactly and and I said last week that and you know then there's the Tom Hardys of the world that can just do anything because right. they become the character. Yeah, yeah. I said last week that that the Rock could, the Rock is capable of doing those those heavy dramatic roles that that Dave Bautista wants to do. I'm not saying that he can't. Uh, I, I'm just saying that's not where his headspace is at. Yeah. He does he does the big big blockbusters. He's capable of doing those smaller roles. Uh, like I said, yeah. uh, Faster was an excellent flick where he didn't say a whole lot. He just had to play kind of menacing and, uh, you know, just big dude on a revenge mission. And he does it well. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that I could see Dave Batista. I could see Dave Batista doing it, but I think it would be different. So, yeah. like I said, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I have my preference. And we said last week that when it comes to their movies, we're more than likely going to go out and see The Rock's movie just because mm-hmm. we know what we're in for. We know it's going to be entertaining, all that. But if you present me this other film that's totally different and you tell me Dave Bautista's in it, I'm going, I'll check it out. Let, let's look at it, you know? So, yeah, like I said, it was interesting to kind of see. And I, again, I'm not shocked by the results. So, you know, anyway uh so the last couple weeks i've had some interesting interactions at the theater uh to say the least i finally got to so so i feel like remember last week i said that that the stories have gone from you know uh pacific rim to pacific rim uprising or uh i would even go so far as to go epic oh i'm thinking maybe cripes i'm trying to think uh how about this Smokey and the Bandit to Smokey and the Bandit 2. This week, I finally have a story where it's Smokey and the Bandit 3, where it's not nearly as good as those first two, but it's still kind of funny, and I'm not directly involved in it for a change. And that made me much happier. I was there for the whole thing, but Trisha, like you and John Mulaney, I was over on the bench. So, and Megan's not here, because this actually happened to her. So this was... Poor Megan. I know. I felt so bad. Uh, and I was about to get up and say something. But she was handling it so well. Yeah. So Sunday, we had this family of four come in. I'm trying to eat my lunch because I have not eaten anything all day. I need to get something on my stomach. Family of four comes over. And I wasn't paying attention at first. But then I hear the guy go... Um, Oh, I'm just, I'm just sick of, sick and tired of it, you know. And uh, what do you believe? And I just kind of looked up and like, what the hell? And of course, everybody's got their masks on, so I'm like, what is he asking her about? And so I start listening in, and of course, Megan holds her ground and says, you know, sir, I, I don't get into that. I just do what I need to do. So I, you know, all that. And the guy goes, no, no, seriously, what do you believe? And of course, like his family's like. If you ask a person who's working to express their personal opinions on something, you're an asshole. Yes. Because they are at work. Yeah. But it's not the place for them to be having that discussion because there is no winning. Right. Especially so, with something like a mask mandate, because yeah. 
artificial opinion has to be wear a mask, which thankfully everybody we work with agrees that we, we should wear a mask. But if, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't believe it, they can't, they can't just sit there and start, you know, railing on it like this dude wanted her to. Yeah. Because she's at work and she has to agree with the official opinion. And so to put them in that awkward position, because then if she says, actually, no, I believe in it, well, then you're starting a fight with a customer. Great to the customer started it, but you, you can't disagree with the customer, but you can't disagree with your place of business. And it just puts you in an awkward position that you're, you can't win. Yeah. So you're an asshole. Yeah. So, so he's trying to push the issue. She is sitting there saying, sir, I believe that I like my job and I'd like to keep it. And therefore I'm not going to engage in this conversation. His family is trying to say, Hey, you know, stop it. Leave it alone. Shut shut the F up. Let's go watch our movie. Yeah. Right. Like they're, and of course they're, they're, they're trying to, to gently say, Hey, come on, just, just stop. And he's like, well, no, no, I'm, I'm sick of it. And somebody needs to stand up and say something. And I'm sitting there just like watching this and I'm going, how long before I get to stand up and say what I believe? And that's that you need to get the fuck out the door. We have asked multiple people to leave over there that said that same opinion. So would you like to be the next person on the list right? that we that we asked to leave? Would you like to be the second person we have to call the cops for and trespass? Because we'll right. do it. That's that's our official opinion. Yeah. Shut up, wear the mask, go watch a movie, or you can leave. Yeah. Period. Yep. So, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. So finally, finally, he kind of shuts the hell up. After he has his little hissy fit and, you know. Like a child. Yeah. Oh, no. It, it's all, to- you know, toddler tantrums at this point. Uh, you know, he's just like, I just, you know, somebody needs to stand up and say something. I'm like, you're, nope. not, making no, some, you're not making some great political point here in the movie theater. You are just pissing off the staff at this point. But like I said, Megan handled it like a champ. Finally got rid of him, and like the other three people in the party started apologizing for his behavior, which I commend. Like they, you know, because they could have just easily just walked away and left alone. But they, they, again, it's not like they weren't trying to get him to stop. It's just he's one of those personalities that is very bullish and can't be easily stopped. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I felt bad for for the three with him. I really did. Uh, I have I have been witness to that kind of behavior in the past, and it's unacceptable. And unfortunately, when you are the child of somebody who who does that shit, it's hard to it's hard to handle on your own end, and it makes it difficult. And it's not until here and maybe the past five to seven years I've been able to to stand up to somebody you know like that within my own family. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I felt for them. This guy was just being a dick, like for no reason whatsoever. Well, I actually had the story of a, a couple that came in that we had the, the actually a positive outcome of. Oh, nice. So this couple came in and technically I wasn't directly helping them, but the person who was kind of looked at me and like, what do I do? Yeah. Kind of panic. I don't know if I should say something or not kind of sense. So finally, cause the, they walked in and, the the girlfriend had a mask on the boyfriend didn't right and so well 
we saw him walk in the front door and he had a shirt up above his face. So we already had been like, okay, do we let this go? Do we tell him he has to have an actual mask? Well, by the time he got back to the concession stand, he dropped his t-shirt. And was just standing there with nothing. So that's when I was like, oh, sir, do you have a mask? We do require a mask in the lobby. And he goes, well, no. And he just kind of stared at me. Like, do you have a mask? Actually, we don't at the moment, but we do require masks in the, the lobby. And he was like, uh, uh, well, I, I guess. And he mumbled something. Apparently, he said he was going to go buy one. I didn't hear that at the time. Mm-hmm. But he has like a 30-second conversation with the girlfriend, and then he walks out the front door, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. At the time, I thought he was just going to wait outside while she ordered their stuff and go straight in. We've had that happen a couple times. We've told people they can do that. So the girlfriend orders, she actually orders kitchen food and gets popcorn and a drink and their tickets and whatnot. And then she walks over, fixing up her popcorn, doing everything. And he still isn't back. And I'm like, where did this guy go? I think I even went, went and cleaned a show and came back. And he finally like showed up at the bar with with the mask, like an actual like cloth mask. So ended up being a nice guy, sold him a drink, a couple drinks, and he actually tipped me like five bucks. Apparently, he walked down to the gas station that's just uh, across the way from us and bought a mask and then came back. I was like, see how simple that was? Right. He was gone for like three or four minutes. Yeah. And he even tipped me. Well, there you and go. All it was, and I, all it was was a draft beer and a double shot of whiskey. Like, it's not like I even had to do anything hard. Yeah. And yeah, it tipped me five bucks. Nice. I was like, see, it is possible to be nice about it. Yeah. Also, how do you not have a mask? We are like four months, I think, into a mask mandate in our county. Yeah. How how do you not have a mask? Have you literally not gone anywhere for the last four months? It's possible. I don't know how, but it's possible. Well, yeah, I... uh... Yeah, I actually, so so our friend Alex is uh, currently fixing my mask, so when I got to work the other day, uh, yeah. I tried wearing one that, that I, the one that, that was a perfect fit for me right now, because mm-hmm. basically she's tailoring the others for me. So. <laughs> Tailored well, masks, how fancy. I know, uh, you know, bespoke masks, if you will. Uh, no, so what had happened is uh, I ordered that James Bond one that I have. And it came over, and it's, mm-hmm. it's nice material, except that the the straps on it are not straps; they are hair ties. So, uh, you, did you get the one off of Etsy, or is that the one you yeah. ordered from the same place I got my Reptar? No, that's the Etsy one. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so I I texted her and I said, "Hey, I, I have ordered three now off of Etsy, and I've yet to encounter that." Yeah. Uh, no, I ordered this one off of Etsy and that's what I got, which I'm not mad about. It's just, I was like, really? Okay. And after I put it on after a while, like a much shorter while than my other ones, it starts pulling up against the ears and it really does start to hurt. So, and then another one, my Avengers mask that she made me, uh, I, Riker got a hold of and chewed up on the straps. So anyway, so I've got her fixing those. Well, my third one that I have that I had been using for a while is my Kansas City Chiefs one. Mm-hmm. And I used it, and it, it got to the point where, like, I had been sweating in it pretty bad, so it was starting to get, it was getting a little gross. And so I told Crystal, hey, can you throw that in the wash for me? Wash it, I'll dry it when I get home. Mm-hmm. 
Well, she threw it in the wash, but she threw it in the wash with something that had fuzz coming out of it, like stuffing. <laughs> oh, no. A pillowcase or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, so the strap got tangled up with it and got tied around it. So I went to try and like pull the, the fuzz out of it, wound up snapping the strap on that. So I tried tying it back together and wearing it, but it had like shifted over to this part of my face. And so like <laughs> the strap on, on the one side is like this short and the other one's as big as I need it to be. So I got to work and I said, this isn't going to work. This, this hurts and it doesn't feel comfortable. And so I, I've been using paper ones all week and it's driving me up a wall. Uh, but yeah, no. So I need my I need my now fitted masks back soon. Although I've got a couple more coming from her as well, so which is nice. Um, but speaking of customer stories, so I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago on the show. I've taken a second job working at our local uh, DMV, and the constant question I get whenever I tell people that is, "Ooh, why aren't the people like super rude and mean there?" and Normally it's no, like I have yet to like encounter somebody who's just been like such an absolute asshole to me that it's- Are they, are they still doing the whole like check-in person that makes sure you have all your documents? Kind of, they don't, they don't check all the documents, but they do check people in for the most part. And then they, they take their temperature. Oh. So that's kind of what they're doing. There used to be someone you had to go to first that would flip through the documents you have to make sure they wouldn't check that like all the information was on it, but they would check that you actually had the forms you were all supposed to have before well, you got might, up to the desk. They might be doing that because they've got like a table set up outside. See, uh, that probably cuts down on a lot of the super angry people. Yeah. Well, and I've had, like, I had one dude today that he got turned away twice because he didn't have everything that he needed. I had to turn him away that second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was super nice about it because I told him, I said, hey, I'm sorry, this is what you need. I'm going to go ahead and get this form filled out for you. All you need is a signature from your kid. So that I, gra- I grabbed the wrong insurance card out of my car once. Yeah. It was the previous one that had expired and I got up there and she was like, um, honey, this, this expired. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I go back out to my car. I'd flip through and get the right one and go back in. I'm like, this is a pain. Yeah. It's my own fault too. Yeah. But I would never yell at them for that. That was my fault. Uh, I'm going to give you a little secret. We can actually look that, look up your insurance information as long as your insurance agent has updated it with the state database. So. Um, this was a long time ago. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So I've done everything online for quite a while now. Well, anyway, so today, today I got to see my manager uh, get a little worked up, which I'd seen once before because we had somebody, she told them that they, needed to pull their mask up over their mask or over their mouth and not wear it like a chin diaper while oh. they're on with somebody. I've given up on dick nose, but if, if, if they have both their mouth and their nose, no, you, yeah. you got to at least cover the mouth, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I'd only ever seen her like throw somebody out once before. So this morning I show up and as you know, as I walk in, I go get my stuff and I start setting up and there's some dude standing at the door and like staring her down and she's like you need to back up he didn't have his mask on he didn't have any of that and so we opened the doors 20 minutes later like this guy had finally gotten through and in and out like that by like 805 Mm -hmm. you know we opened like 15 minutes early to start getting the seniors through yeah so anyway 
So as he leaves, he apologizes to her. And I just kind of like, tur- you know, perk me. You're like, the hell? <laughs> what? You know, he this doesn't happen. He apologizes to her. She says, thank you. He leaves. And she, like, as he, after that door shuts behind him, she goes, I still hope he broke his chair. And I just, I just like stopped and I go, what? Hold on. I need context. Like, what the hell just happened? So I get through my shift today and I go to clock off. And so whenever I go to clock off, she's usually back in the office, you know, dealing with her office manager stuff. So I like stop by her desk and she goes, how was today? You know, is it better? And I'm like, it's, I mean, it was fine. It's, it's a day. It hadn't been bad. She goes, even with the full moon crazies. And I go, I've dealt with more full moon crazies over the years than I care to admit. And, uh, I said, honestly, between, between here and the theater, when it comes to customers, like <laughs> this has not been bad. The people for 13 years in a movie theater and I did a semester student teaching. I think yeah. the only people more equipped to handle full mooners are nurses. That's true. So anyway, so I said, okay, what the hell was up with the guy that you wanted his chair to break on? Apparently what had happened before when I got there or after I got there, she had stepped outside and she does this every morning. Cause usually we have people lined up on either side of our door, one side for driver's license, other side for motor vehicle. And I'm on the motor vehicle side. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, well, this dude had come up and like camped out. He like put a chair down and sat down and all that. So she comes out at about 7.40, which, okay, whatever. You, want, you, you need to sit, fine. He's not a senior citizen. He's a middle-aged dude. So she comes out and she makes the announcement to people that we'll be letting people in here in a minute. And she tells everybody that we are doing senior citizens first from 8 to 9. But if we get done with them and there's nobody else, we'll go ahead and take the next group. Well, apparently Homeboy did not hear the second half of that statement. Because he got up, grabbed, like, slammed his, like, folding chair shut and, like, you know, sca- like, scared the old people in line and, like, stormed off to his truck and over his head, he's a tall dude, over his head, threw his lawn chair into the bed of his truck. And, like, everybody's, like, yelling at him, like, she said that they'll get you, the- there were only, like, four old people out front. <laughs> And so, like, he got in his truck. It's and she, just old people first. Yeah. So she, she's, like, telling people, don't, don't engage him. Like, don't, don't do anything to yeah. make, make this worse or cause, cause. Don't feed the troll. Yeah. Don't, don't do anything to make this uh, a bigger issue than it needs to be. So she came in. She'd said something about that guy. And that, that, so that's when he came back. And so what he was asking at the door is, did you say that you'd get, get us in once you got the seniors through? And she was like, yes, I did. Yes. Like the first hour is reserved for seniors, but once we're done with them, we'll let others in. Yeah, they're not they're not going to have you guys just sitting there, you know, with your thumbs up your butt, waiting for nine o'clock to roll around so you, and to pull you up anybody else. Like you want to keep the line moving. Yeah. So you're so, done with the seniors, and there's people waiting. Help them. So, so she so she says this. She said this, and she goes, and honestly, so she goes, with the way he threw it, I honestly wished he would have broken his, uh, broken his back window on his truck, but if short of that, I hope he broke his chair, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like, the passive aggression is so good, I love it, like, That's great. oh, it, it made my heart sing, because I'm sitting there going, I know she's probably put up with some shit over here, uh, and she, she's a real sweet lady, she's, she's probably in her mid-50s or so. 
real sweet lady and she's trying to figure out how to poach me from the theater and I'm going you're gonna need a lot of money to make that happen because <laughs> I, I don't want to do this <laughs> like it's not a bad job I just don't want to do it for an extended amount of time it's it's making ends meet at the moment but that's exactly. that's about it exactly so anyway but I had much as we complain about the theater it's action you don't want to leave not oh really. no no, you I, say you do, but then when you actually start thinking about not working there anymore, you're like, but, but no. I, I initially, I didn't want to come back to the theater a few years ago. And then I went, I miss it. I, miss I it. say he's like the only person that actually hasn't left in the time that I've been there. Right. So some of us leave because we, we think it's the best choice for us. Some of us leave because we have no choice. I still say it's because I was seasonal for the first like three and a half years. Yeah something like that right so i i got my leaving out of the way when i kept going back and forth to college that's fair and then i come back from school so now i'm like no i'm here to stay now y'all can't get rid of me that's true so anyway <laughs> but yeah i i had to share that with you guys because i i thought that was just hilarious like i hope i was really hoping he broke i hope your chair breaks yeah i'm like well I feel like that's something i would say well what's really funny about that is she said i hope your chair breaks and she was definitely talking about that guy I sent you and a third party today a video, and I might share it on 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 our Twitter feed. Uh, although it just makes me feel like a fat ass. I'm already a big guy, and so I didn't need this to. Well, that's endorse. that's the second lawn chair to break on your deck. It's true. In the last in less than a week. Oh yeah. Because you had another one break on Monday night, not that you were sitting in. Right, right. Else was sitting in, but still wasn't one of your chairs uh yeah actually it was yeah so anyway so so i got home this afternoon and went outside let the dogs out like i normally do i was gonna sit on my back deck and and burn one and just hang out enjoy the sunshine for a minute like you do like you do sit down in the chair and immediately like next thing i know i just i don't even hear the tear i just feel my ass give out from underneath me and <laughs> Boom! I'm I'm sitting there and like my legs are like curled up over the the edge of the chair like this. I am buried into it, and so I'm sitting there for like five minutes, going, "How? How in crikey fuck does this happen?" Like, and I'm sitting there going, "This chair is made for bigger dudes." Like, I know it didn't just give out because it gave out. Like something, it's an older chair. I will say that. It'll wear out eventually. Oh yeah, and so, and and so it did. I sent you all a video, and I think I sent the picture too. There is a perfect like line tear through the seat where I had sat down and I <laughs> fell into, and so I'm just like, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> You've talked I, about it. You got to share it to our Twitter now. I do. I I have to now. It was funny. I I will say that. Like I wasn't even <laughs> mad when it happened. I just I'm sitting there like just scrunched in. I'm just going. I didn't act like an asshole today. I didn't throw my chair in somebody's seat what? or into somebody's tailgate. What? Why? Why me? So, anyway, seems like we were all having accidents. Because didn't you uh, lose a pop tart and almost spill your coffee today? Yeah, I, I was. So, I always go downstairs and I make my coffee and I make my breakfast and then I carry it back up to my bedroom and I sit in bed drink my coffee and I watch the previous night's daily show or whatever else happens to be on if I don't have a daily show episode and so this morning I went downstairs made some pop tarts made my coffee 
and I was walking back upstairs and it's been cooler. So instead of usually I wear shorts, but I was wearing like actual pajama pants today and I was walking back upstairs and I got almost to the top step and I went to step up and my big toe caught the bottom of my pajama pants and it tripped me up for a second and I caught myself, but not before one of my pop tarts slid out, slid off onto the floor and I kept my coffee mug upright, but it sloshed. And so I was prepared to look down to just see half my coffee on the floor. But, and this is where I have to think third party because that's where I got it from. I have, I actually have three, one from Mexico and two that third party we've been talking about got me for my birthday. Mugs, I have mugs that are shaped like sugar skulls. Yeah. And so the top of it is curved. In fact, I can't, I have to drink out of the front part of the skull because the back part of the skull is too curved that I can't, like it dribbles. It just doesn't work. But the front part of the skull is curved better and a better angle to actually take a proper drink without like dribbling. So, but because of that, when it sloshed, because of that angle that it curves back towards the opening, it just sloshed back into the cup. And so I looked down and there was only like a few little dribbles on the floor. Yeah. So I was just like, yes. <laughs> I may have lost the pop tart, but I saved the coffee. Right. Nice. Which to me is more important. Oh, absolutely. So you can't you can't lose the coffee. Can't lose the coffee. I'd have been more upset about the pop tart, honestly, but that's just me. Nah. So all right, you ready to talk some movie news? Yep. All right, let us do it. Actually, we're gonna do a little TV news first. Disney Plus is making moves. So last week we talked they had uh, cast Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk for their new She-Hulk series, which is great. We now have a Miss Marvel. So we're getting, her name is Iman Vellani, uh, is playing Miss Marvel for their series. She is brand spanking new. I don't think she's been in anything. So um, good luck to her. We're rooting for her. Say, I kept seeing newcomer. I didn't realize it was that new of a newcomer. Yeah, no, like, uh, like this story from ComingSoon.net doesn't even have, um, doesn't even have any credits for her. So, um, I mean, it's not unheard of. No. Um, when they did the Hairspray movie, they actually did a contest for who would play Nikki Blonsky. Yep. Or Nikki Blonsky, that's her name. <laughs> Tracy Turnblatt, and when Nikki yeah. Blonsky won. She literally is just an average person. I think she was working in like an ice cream shop. Like she was not necessarily an actress. She just won a contest and yeah. got to play Tracy Turnblatt. And I'd, I'd say she did a great job. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, no. Uh, this girl, I'm sure, I, I trust Marvel with their casting. I really do. Uh, How could you not at this point? Right. Uh, they have done just a, an impeccable job across the board. And so if they think she's the best choice to play Kamala Khan, I'm all for it. Um, they've also, uh, the talent that they're bringing into this uh, is also, they've got um, Bisha K. Ali, play, uh, who's doing the writing and going to show run the series. And then they are also bringing in a lot of um, uh, very diverse, uh, I say diverse people. Looks like a lot of people of uh, Muslim, I'm trying yeah. to think of the right word, but uh, yeah. Middle Eastern descent. That's what I'm looking for. Um, including uh, the directors of Bad Boys for Life. And I mean, that's 
I mean, now that's kind of a big get because they're also doing uh, Beverly Hills Cop 4 for Netflix and Eddie Murphy. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're not skimping and they're bringing in people to help create that voice that's actually going to, to sound like it should coming from Kamala Khan and her, her perspective on the world. And so nice. I, think, I think, again, Marvel's, I, I trust them at this point. They, they get to do what they want to do and yeah. make the moves they want to make. And I think this is a good, I, I can't say, I don't know that it's a good choice, but I trust them to make it. So. I say, when you, when you got people who talk about being convinced that Marvel grows their cast because they're so perfectly cast. Right. I, I think that, that that's a sign that they've earned some trust here. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, although I do kind of wonder because in the comic books, they, uh, Miss Marvel's powers are tied into uh, the Terrigen Mists, the Inhumans, which mm -hmm. we saw some of in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a season mm -hmm. or two. Um, yeah. So I kind of wonder if they're going to bring that in or if they're going to do something completely different with her origins. So um, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, in addition to that, apparently Disney or Marvel is working on another Disney Plus series as well, starring... Samuel L. Jackson as Nick frickin' Fury. Yeah. Uh, which is huge because I don't think he's ever done like a regular TV series before. Uh, like he's he, done he's done guest spots. I say didn't hasn't he had done guest spots on uh, Agents of Shield? He did. He did two guest spots on Agents of Shield, but like I I, I say it questioningly because I, I haven't watched that show. I haven't season. watched it since season four, like the halfway point of season four. So uh, tells you anything about the show which sucks because i was actually kind of getting into the ghost rider storyline but here we are uh i say i think ghost rider is the last full yeah like arc that i watched after right. that it was they started uh crap what were they called the the like android oh the life model decoys yes yes they started the life model decoy uh arc yeah. and I, I struggled with that one yeah that's where i, I that's where i left off too yeah so um so yeah ghost writer though so right uh so yeah so there's no details on what the show will be or uh or when it will be set and you and i both discussed this i want nick fury in space we want nick fury in space like don't get me wrong we've got the de-aging technology we could literally do any point in time with nick fury. i don't i don't need an older story i need to I don't know either. what nick fury is doing in space I, I need to know what he's doing with the scrolls. Like Secret Wars needs to like tie all this in to whatever their next big Marvel or Avengers event is going to be. This show needs to be part of that. I need that. I, I feel like what we saw of him and Captain Marvel pretty much tells us what he was doing. Like he was just doing more of what he was doing in Captain Marvel and behind the scenes trying to piece together the Avengers right. initiative. Yes. So I don't I don't need to know all that I mean, we've we've pretty much know what's going that would just be rehashing stuff that we've pretty much already seen yeah but nick fury in space right so I, much more interesting yes no i i'm up for either one because i'll watch samuel L. jackson and damn near anything um but yeah no the idea of nick fury in space here's the key here's gonna be the key this is how we're gonna know for sure keep an eye out and see if they bring Ben Mendelsohn back. If they bring bring Ben Mendelsohn back, it's in space. It has to be in space, and I'm all for it. It's got to lead into Secret Wars. 
and I'm gonna get hyped. <laughs> so, uh, hold on a minute. Oh, I like, so hold on. Whenever I read these stories, I always like to see what things they mention from an actor's career. Because mm-hmm. it's always to, to kind of inform you what they're most known for or most recently known for. Yeah. This one, they name off, uh, they go talk about him being the most, icon- or one of the most iconic actors of modern times. Mention his, all, almost all of his collaborations with Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, uh, Jackie Brown, Hateful Eight, Django Unchained, uh, his Spike Lee stuff with Do the Right Thing, School Days, Mo Better Blues, uh, Jungle Fever, and Chirac. And then go on, like, I'm like, okay, well, we, we already know enough. And then it goes, he's also known for Star Wars prequel trilogy, Snakes on a Plane, Unbreakable, and recent follow-up Glass, and Coach Carter. And I'm like, I don't need his whole filmography. Like, I say, if I want his filmography, I'll go look it up. Just just hit the highlights. Yeah, like, like just, just say, oh, yeah, Pulp Fiction, uh, Star Wars prequel trilogy, and then, you know, a couple other, you know, well, obviously we know he's Nick Fury, so you don't have to mention yeah. any of the Marvel no. stuff. No. Uh, yeah i'm just like my god do we do we need to name dan like almost everything um next thing i know you're gonna mention his small part in goodfellas and his bit in coming to america like i just i always find that kind of interesting what what they're gonna go go with so all right uh all right we're gonna jump away from disney for a minute uh we're gonna go over to blumhouse and universal uh so Blumhouse is doing a Firestarter remake. Have you ever read or seen that movie book? Stephen King? Uh, is that the one with Drew Barrymore when she was Yeah, baby, baby Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Stuff on fire with her mind. I'm aware of it. I don't know if I've seen it. If I have, it's been a really long time. I was going to say, I feel like we just need to get together and just do a, like, a whole run of Stephen King stuff to, to get you properly adapted. You have to remember. Remember, I, my sibling showed me Gremlins when I was a toddler, and I had nightmares. So you can yeah. imagine how willing my parents were to show me any sort of horror movie after that. So I mean, I get, I get. I that. do, I do have a, I do have a gap in my classic horror movie knowledge. And that's viewing, 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 not knowledge, viewing. Yeah, I've picked up a lot from people over the years, but yeah, I helped introduce you to to a new one last night. Speaking of which. How did you feel about an American Werewolf in Paris or in London? We watched an American Werewolf in London last night for our weekly movie night. Sorry, guys. Sidetrack. It was fun. That's all you got. It's fun. It's not one that I'm gonna like rush out to watch again. Yeah, but it was fun. I think I think that's probably one you have to kind of grow up with. But as like, I'm not the biggest horror fan, but I enjoy horror comedies, and that's like yeah. one of the first like big horror comedies um Fair. and it's a dry like that dry british sense of humor to go with it yeah um and then of course obviously the makeup effects in it are just still through the roof yeah. so practical effects man i'm telling you they're the best uh i really wish it would have been available last night we would have watched the thing instead because i think the the practical effects in that still hold up just as well if not better than most anything ever uh and that's a really good one. I don't know if you've seen that one or not. Hmm. No? Okay. All right. So, so we already got mine picked up for, you know, two weeks when it's my turn. I'm, I'm curious to see. What, you're going to have to tell me after the show because we, we can't let Alex know yet. So. All right. But anyway, so Firestarter Remake. So the whole concept of the book and movie, uh, 
centers on an organization called the Department of Scientific Intelligence, AKA the shop. Two participants in their mysterious research program end up getting married and having a child. Their offspring, Charlie McGee, inherited pyrokinetic powers from her parents who were given a low-grade hallucinogen called Lot 6 during their college years. Now the government is trying to apprehend the young Charlie in order to harness her power, her powerful and unique skills as a weapon. Um, of course, back in the original, Drew Barrymore played Charlie, and then uh, David Keith played her father, Andy. Well, now we're getting a remake from Blumhouse, who I kind of trust to do do these sorts of things. Oh, like yeah. they don't make like the greatest movies or horror movies, but they, they make, make something solid movies on a budget. They do it on a budget, and they do most of them pretty well. And if, if their Halloween was any indicator, or Get Out, or Us, yeah. um, or even Happy Happy Death Day, which was more horror comedy, um, if any of those are any indicator, this this should be good. And especially with the resurgence in Stephen King properties lately. Yeah. Zach Efron has been cast. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, so he'll be playing, he'll be playing Andy, Charlie's dad. I don't think he's a bad actor. That, that makes me feel old. It, right? If Zac Efron... We've reached an age where Zac Efron is getting cast in the role of the dad. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah, like, don't get me wrong, like, he's still, like, he, he's around our age, right? Like, I think so. Late 20s, early 30s? I think he's a little younger, but... Yeah. relatively relatively close yeah so uh great now it's gonna drive me nuts I mean, i'm looking it up because it's gonna drive me nuts too yeah go, go ahead and talk i'll look he uh, yeah he's he's actually he's right in between us he's 32 turning 33 in like two weeks go figure so yeah he's right that right age to play a young dad <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, should be totally different. I still haven't watched him in Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile yet. Um, I, I've heard he has a good performance in it, and I might check it out before I get to this. Um, I'm excited for Firestarter. Zach Efron, I'm going, yeah, all right. I'm up for it, whatever. I, I feel like he's proven himself to be yeah. a respectable actor. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he's not done anything that, like I'm sitting there like jumping up and down about, but he's, I think he'll service it pretty well. So um, yeah, uh, more casting news. So we brought, I brought this up and I, I only ever bring this up just to annoy you. Remember mm -hmm. I told you about that, that pandemic heist movie lockdown with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Okay. We've got more people cast for it. Oh no. Uh, am I going to no. be mad? I am, huh? Am I going to be mad? You're going to be probably mad at them because they could be doing better things, but I'm intrigued enough by, by the cast that I'm like, I hate this. Why do I want to give this a chance? Why? All right. Who's uh, in it? Chiwetel Ejiofor. Okay. Yep. Lily James. Okay. Ben Stiller. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen Merchant. And Mark Gaddis, uh, who worked on Doctor Who. Um, those are some of the recent additions to this cast. And I'm sitting here going... That's a strange mixture. It is. I, I don't know how to take that. It is, but to me... It, like, Ben Stiller's capable of doing dramatic work. Like... I know, but... Still. Uh, yeah, still, it's just still weird. Still to see odd. 
still an odd mix. Yeah. Uh, it is it, it is being now described as a heist movie slash romantic comedy. Uh, so I'm going, okay. Oh, Lord. Yeah, $10 million budget. It looks like they're going to blow most of it on the cast. So $10 million? Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what they do now. Like, again, I don't need, I don't need a, a movie set during the, the current situation. But no. if you're going to do all this, let's talk. All right. And then this is the piece of news I saw this week that made me sit there and go, what are you thinking? Um, so Disney did the Lion King remake last year, which you were disappointed with. I was just annoyed by its existence is getting a sequel. Shocker. Disney's going to. So are, are they actually basing it? On Lion King 2, or are they doing their own thing? Uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Uh, I, it does say that Jeff Nathanson, uh, the writer of, of the last one, and I'm using that term loosely at this point because when you copy and paste the script, are you really yeah. writing? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Um, and he'll be pinning, that or pinning the sequel with Lulu Wang. Uh, the movie is no longer going to be directed by Jon Favreau, which is good because he has a better use of his talents going over to The Mandalorian yeah. or literally anything else at this point. Uh, Barry Jenkins. Now, that's not a name that's super known uh, unless you're like a, a big movie fan and actually follow directors. Uh, directed the uh, Oscar, or the controversial Oscar winner, and it's only controversial because it wasn't intended to be named off second as the best picture winner. Uh, Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk. He's a good director. He, he's made some, mm -hmm. some quality films. But again, this is something that I'm going, you could do something much more worthy of your talents than, than a sequel to a yes. mediocre remake. Yes. But here we are. So... He did say, uh, helping my sister raise two young boys during the 90s, I grew up with these characters. Having the opportunity to work with Disney on expanding this magnificent tale of friendship, love, and legacy while furthering my work chronicling the lives and souls of folk, folk within the African diaspora is a dream come true. Um, I feel like you got something to say. I'm just confused on how directing a movie about animals in Africa is furthering the the story of the African diaspora. I mean, it could. I, it, it's not about the African diaspora. Like I, I, it, I guess you could argue that it features voice actors from within the African diaspora. Right. But that seems. I don't know. It's just a weird thing to bring up to me in this context. I I feel like. I feel like there will be whatever he decides to do with it or wants to do with it will have to do with the, the journey of, of people in Africa just translated over to animals or to African-Americans uh, to try and cross that. Um, the original, I never got that with. And even with the remake, I still didn't get that with other than cast, casting African-American actors in most of the roles. Uh, Cause it's, um, it's very Ham much Hamlet. Ham I was like, it's Hamlet, and yeah. the the second, well, the cartoon that liking to is 
Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, Which is I why I'm that, wondering if they're going to just do a remake of Lion King 2 or if they're going to do something different this well, time. And that's the question that we have about Aladdin 2. Is it going to be Return of Jafar or is it going to be something totally different? So, uh, and that's, honestly, that's where my... Uh, another... To me, the difference is how well it was received. Um, yeah. With the Lion King the main complaint was it's exactly like the cartoon and people didn't want it to be like the things they changed were inconsequential and just stupid yep and it took away the heart of the movie Mm -hmm. like you literally had lines that could not express any sort of emotion because they they put their focus on it being realistic yeah well that's that's what you lose when you go from an animated version to a realistic version is a realistic animal cannot express emotion the same way an animated one can. Yeah. They can't express it like a human does, which is what makes us feel it. Right. But with Aladdin, like it came, it, it, it was received well. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite of the live action remakes. Sure. It's enough like the original to make me happy, but it didn't feel like a shot for shot remake of the original. Sure. They, they managed to walk that line between keeping true to it and doing something special on its own. Right. So that's why I'm kind of hoping, like, it, uh, when it comes to them doing the uh, sequel Aladdin, I'm like, okay, I'd be okay with you just taking Return of Jafar and doing the same thing. Sure. Or I'd be okay with them doing something on their own. It's, at this point, I'm like, I keep the same people involved and I trust you. With Lion King, I almost hope they do something on their own. Yeah. Because you already, you already ruined the first one. Took away all the heart from it. Just, just do something on your own. Right. Leave, leave Lion King two alone. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. Try yeah. to make something work for this style of animation that that you're that yeah. you tried so hard to to do. Yeah. No. Like I said, this is uh, to sound kind of elitist. I think it's beneath Barry Jenkins. Uh, again, there. If he has a story in mind, and so that's where I'm trying to keep an open mind with this. If he yeah. has a story in mind with Lulu Wang as his, one of his co-writers with Jeff Nathanson, and they have something that is unique, different from what, what we originally got with Lion King 2 or even one and a half, um, you know, and can tell a good, a good story that is different mm-hmm. from what we've seen and actually utilizes this, this style of animation to its core, then I think it, we're going to be in for a treat. However, the, the fact that they sought out someone new and someone who is as well respected as as Barry Jenkins makes me feel a little bit better because it makes sure. me think they did take people the reaction into account and are trying to do something different and trying to improve upon it. Right. So in that respect, I kind of am a little more willing. Sure. To give them the benefit of the doubt, I'm still yeah. gonna be pretty skeptical of it, but yeah. Unless okay, you're you're showing. That you're trying i'll yeah. give you that yeah i it's one of those i'll probably have to wait until until we see a trailer before i decide whether or not i'm gonna be yeah. okay with it or what um and if it turns out that that this sequel is 10 times better than than this first remake that we've got I, I, Great. i'll shut my mouth and be like okay yeah if we had to get through that to get this like worth it yeah but if it winds up, if Disney winds up kind of doing what if I they just do, if they just do a shot for shot remake of Lion King two, and here you go, no, no, I'm done. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, I feel like Disney might have hampered what John Favreau was and wasn't allowed to do with Lion King. 
That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. And so I'm hoping that if that's the case, if that's what they did with Favreau, I hope they don't do that with Jenkins. I mean, Lion King was one of their biggest movies of all time, so I could see them being a little more protective of it. Right. Than, uh, than the other remakes they've done. Yeah. No, and they, they have definitely, it seems like with the other remakes, they have let, let their directors play. Uh, and even with Jungle Book, they let John Favreau play with that and tell the same story, but with enough differences, honestly made a better movie, I think. Something that was a little, you know, it was the right balance of being closer to the actual Rudyard Kipling book and, and the original Disney movie. So, and it was exciting. It was fun. Did you ever wind up watching it? Not yet. You should definitely check it out. Uh, and that is my favorite of the Disney remakes. So, uh, I also like to point out that Lion King is one of the few that, well, yeah, we, we joke that it's Hamlet. It's not really based on anything. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's kind of a retelling of Hamlet, but it's their own story. Whereas, you know, Aladdin comes from, you know, the, the Arabian, Arabian Nights tales. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Jungle Book is based on the book. Right. A lot of these others are based on existing fairy tales and other existing stories that those directors can draw from. More from kind of go back to more of the original inspiration. And like like I always talk about with Once Upon a Time, Captain Hook on Once Upon a Time, people are like, well, you don't have a big curly wig and a wax mustache. I'm like, well, no, they went back to J.M. Barry's hook. Right. And drew inspiration from that instead of Disney's take on Errol Flynn. So all the, I think all the other directors kind of took more of the original source material into consideration, whereas Lion King is kind of as close to pure Disney storytelling as you can get. And so I could see them being like, no, 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 no. You, you do this. Yeah. You stick to this. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a couple more stories to talk about. And at the very end of the show, we have to discuss a movie that we watched this week in theaters uh, for some of us the first time in like 20 years. So we'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Zach. It's Josh. Zach, do you enjoy video games, drinking, and attempting to solve the world's problems through ridiculous schemes? Uh, yeah. Do you think others would enjoy that? I mean, I really hope so. So do I. So I think you all should come spend some time with us, the Midwest Meltdown. This show was created by these two fine gentlemen here, myself and Zach, when we spent the last 14 years telling each other funny stories, talking about video games, and literally anything else that comes to mind. We wanted to turn our passion for gaming into something that we could share with everyone. So again, follow us, the Midwest Meltdown, anywhere you can find your podcasts. That's Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Google Pods. Check us out. We'd be happy to have you. So, uh, more, more bad news for releases that we're, we're not going to be getting. Although, I'm not going to consider this one a total loss. Uh, Gerard Butler's new disaster film Greenland will now be heading straight to PVOD. Uh, yeah. If it's a Gerard Butler movie, I'm already sitting there going, how are most of these not going to straight to video <laughs> or 
whatever. Because um, I'll watch it. Like, that's the thing. I still have yet to watch Geostorm, and I know it's going to be terrible, and I still want to watch it. You're just looking at me like, you're not missing anything. Why do you want to watch it? Like, why do you want to torture yourself? So... I mean, I'm going to watch it because it's Gerard Butler. I, I don't understand why you're going to watch it because, like I said, you're just going to complain about it. Oh, no. I'm going to have fun with it. You know me. Like, I, you know I like Gerard Butler. Like, I enjoy the, the Olympus. Did you ever watch Geostorm or are you still mad at me for watching it without you? I'm still mad at you for watching it without me. So, um, It was yeah. on cable. I'm sorry. Deal with it. I, I can't. I can't cope. You, you broke my heart. You never told me I wasn't allowed to watch it. You just kept saying we needed to watch it. Yeah, and we never got around to it. And now I never will. <laughs> I saw the opportunity and I took it. That's fair. I'm not even mad about it anymore. Well, mad about you doing that. All right. So, yeah, so this movie is, uh, it's not all bad news for, for STX Films because apparently HBO has also reportedly bought the film's pay TV and streaming rights in the U.S. for about 20 to $30 million dollars. I don't know what the budget on the film is, but that should that should help its bottom line one way or the other. Uh, yeah, it just it sucks that we we can't even get the shitty big budget movies to come through. So, oh well. Yeah, but it was it it was never gonna make a lot no. of money anyway. That's why I'm like, it yeah. sucks, but I'm not surprised. No. Not gonna yeah. throw a fit over it. Yeah, I'm not shocked, and I'm not mad at STX Films. Especially with as rough a year as they had last year with like the Ugly uh, Dolls movie and a couple before, of uh, Before I even saw the, fir- the trailer for it for the first time, I saw people shitting all over it on Twitter. So, yeah. It had bad press before it even really got traction. So, I'm not surprised. They're just like, mm, we're going to just go to VOD. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I do have some big news, and this came out today. Uh, and I don't know how to feel about it, but again, it's Marvel. I'm going to trust them. So at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, and we're going into spoiler territory, so if you didn't see this year-old film, that's on you at this point, uh, although I don't know anybody that didn't see it. Jamie Fo- so at the end of that, they announced, or they brought back J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons, from the original Spider-Man trilogy, which just made my nerdy little heart sing. Uh, we were, you and I were hyped when we saw that, because we couldn't yeah. believe it. Um, well, now somebody else from the other Spider-Man movies is coming back. Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro for Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. Uh... Granted, the, the the Amazing Spider-Man movies were not as well received as the others uh, that have come out. I didn't I think they were them. bad. Um, I liked them. I did too. I think the second one could have been better, but a lot of it did remind me of like the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much. And I didn't think Jamie Foxx was, excuse me, was bad as Electro. Apparently a few people did or hated what was done with him. I'm of the mind that if you can get Jamie Foxx in your movie, one, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Two, it's Marvel. I trust them to do whatever they, they want to do. Same. So now it begs the question, are we going to be crossing over like the Spider-Verse in the live action realm? Uh, I'm here for it. 
I mean, I'm here for it too. I, uh, what I really want to see is Tobey Maguire make a cameo in Doctor Strange in the, into the, the madness of the, the multiverse or whatever. Multiverse of Madness, that's what it was. Yes, I couldn't remember what it was called. Doctor Strange. I mean, if you're going to head on that route, just go ahead and bring back Andrew Garfield, too. All right, just do the whole thing. So. Just have an Into the Spider-Verse uh, scenario where you just have every version of Spider-Man you could possibly have. And then just to be the, you know, a little cherry on top, a little, a little Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, just a little shot of him just being all sorts of excited at all the Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Just yeah. even that one little shot where you just see him in the corner, just like. Right. <laughs> That's just, all I need. Yay. I get all the Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I am. I am all. Am I in heaven? Um, but now it's, it's raising the question. Uh, so hold on. I'm going to read this just off of the uh, off of coming soon.net. They said, while most of the original series cast are set to return for the threequel, Fox's casting further blurs, blurs the lines across Sony's three web-slinging franchises, with the previous installment bringing back J. Jonah, or J.K. Simmons' as J. Jonah Jameson from Sam Raimi's Marvel trilogy, or Spider-Man trilogy, and the studio's Sony universe of Marvel characters led by Venom, which is expected to cross over into the MCU series soon, which we're kind of expecting from Morbius, yeah. since it looks like we've got uh, Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes appearing in that. So, uh, yeah, I am. I'm curious. I feel like this, the the Disney Marvel bromance has now been renewed, and I'm hoping for some good things. One of those being a better Venom movie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the good things to come out of all the struggle this year. Is now they're like, all right, maybe we should just suck it up and work. T- together help right. each other out this yeah. year's sucked we've lost some profits we we're expecting to get let's just let's rethink this <laughs> oh i didn't realize this i didn't i didn't right. know this was part of the deal um holland spider-man is also set to appear in another marvel studio films per their new agreement so yeah i would think more is being done to yeah. kind of unite everything so Probably. yeah so all right. Well, it's time for book club. You ready? Yeah. So uh, going back last week, we started our Dune book club. So we're reading the book before the movie comes out. We just now at this point, we don't know when the hell the movie's coming out. Uh, as far as we know, it is still slated for December 18th, but I don't think that's going to hold. I don't think uh, if it hasn't changed no. already. Um, so we read the first two chapters, which basically introduced uh, Paul Atreides and his mother, Jessica, uh, and him being probably the... Set up the two opposing families. Yeah, with with the Harkonnens and wanting to take out uh, Duke Leto Atreides. So uh, this third chapter was short. I feel like they've all been kind of short. Yeah. Um, so that's going to mean we're going to have plenty to talk about over weeks and weeks, because I think this is a 600-page book. Uh, <laughs> You're like I don't know. I have I have this thing. I pers- well, I mean, I can look up page numbers, but yeah, I can tell you the percentage. Right. <laughs> at the start of the next chapter, I am at six percent into the book. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm at page thirty-four, so thirty-five. Uh, I'm showing page fifty-nine of eight hundred eighty-three. But small screen, I can only fit so much onto a page. So yeah. the Kindle. 
Fair. The Kindle copies generally have more pages. True. In so. my experience, and my my poor like decade old Kindle. Yeah. So at least. Um, so yeah. So this third chapter, basically, we get back to to Paul and his mother, and it seems like we're kind of setting up what his purpose is going to be. Um, it's, yeah. His mother wants him to basically be the the Quisette Haderich. Hatterich? Something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, we're going to butcher pronunciation, so if you're a huge fan of the of the series, sorry. Um, anyway, which effectively sounds like the chosen one. Uh, yeah. Kind of kind of supposed to be the one. It sounds like this order is females, and they're supposed to be this one male that can truly become a member. Yeah. And she thinks that. Uh, Jessica thinks that he could be that. Quisatz Hatterach? That works. That's so, how I read it. Hatterach? Yeah. Like I said. Um, Hatterach? Hatterach? Yeah. C-H. Uh, I see C-H in a lang what looks like another language, and I just automatically am like, that's probably a hard C. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'm terrible with it. So I, I <laughs> and again, I do Gaelic on Duolingo, so that could be that. Uh, so yeah, so in this in this chapter, they we kind of start setting that up, and you know he he apparently knows that something is potentially going to happen to his father Duke Leto uh, whenever he goes to Arrakis. Uh, to which he is told by the the Reverend Mother, I think is what her character is, mm -hmm. uh, basically says we can't save him. You you just have to let that go. Yeah, uh, which I am sure is hard to hear. Uh, he's not happy to hear that. No, he's not. Um, but they also dive into uh, his ability to recall dreams. You and I, I, I can only remember a dream if something really goofy and weird happened in it, and I just I need to go process it and talk to you. I, I rarely remember my dreams. Yeah, like it's really rare. And even if I do, half the time I forget it within the first half hour I'm awake. It's just gone. Right. If it's something really weird, I may remember it. <laughs> I've dreamed several times about stupid crap at work and that those always stick with me too. Like yeah. someone walking behind the stand that that's happened multiple times in my dreams. I don't know why that bothers me so much in my dreams, but it does. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so they get into his, his recollection of his dreams and he, he tells the Reverend mother that, Yes, I I can remember my dreams, but I choose to remember these and not yeah. these because these are the the important ones. These are not. And she asked him, "Well, how do you know the difference?" And he goes, "I, I just, just know. know. I just know." Like, okay, <laughs> so just naughty teenager answer, right? You know, well, he's sixteen. I just so. do. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. So basically. He winds up telling her about this dream where he winds up reciting a poem to to this girl that he meets and he's not sure what it means but he's able to to kind of vividly describe where he's at and he's trying to figure out uh if she is calling if the girl in this dream is calling him usul or if that is like his actual home planet because she asked him to describe his home planet to her yeah um and he's even confused by it so he's describe your home planet usul yeah he's like well that's weird because my home planet's not azul i don't even know what that is and, yeah but maybe she's calling me usul but my name's not a Sewell, so 
yeah, kind of kind of a weird setup. I really feel like we probably should have read two chapters to kind of figure out what's going on, but that's okay. Um, you say as if I've known what's going on in any of these chapters as I've read it. That's fair. Other than um, kind of, kind of sort of know what's going on. Right. Uh, that's why I started flipping back to the back to kind of get some of the uh, the glossary, if you will, uh, get some of the terminology in. That's a pain in the ass for me on a Kindle, so I have it nothing is. doing that. It is. You can always text me, and I can be like, oh, here you go. So, um, yeah. Up the um, menu, I have to go to it. I have to look it up. Then I have to go back to where I was. Yes, yes. I know. Um, so, yeah. But that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, again, didn't really tell us a whole lot new in this chapter other than he has the ability to, to recall his dreams. Uh, and they come true. Do what? And they come true. And they come true, yes. He, he dreams what's going to happen, and then they yeah. come happen, and then they happen, which right. makes him very confident when he's talking about this dream about this girl. Yeah. Uh, and the mother superior, or whatever, is like, "Do you know her?" And he goes, and he literally says, "Not yet, but I will." Yeah. Like he is very confident that this dream is going to come true. Right. That is something that is going to happen. He just doesn't know how. Yeah. Or what's going on yet. Right. So. Yeah, so that's where we're at. I'm I'm still intrigued. I was ready to go ahead and read another chapter or two after that. Um, like I said, I have easier access though to terminology, so I go, "What the fuck are they talking about?" So, um, I'm sure this chapter didn't do anything to help you uh, feel any any better going forward than you already had. <laughs> I'm interested enough to keep going. I just yeah. it, it, I just keep reminding myself it's probably one of those books that I have to get a little bit into before I feel like I'm on better footing. Right. Well, like I said, for me, it's like 600 pages. For you, it's 800. So yeah, we've, we've got a ways to go. So um, that's where we're at. But yeah. anyway, all right. So uh, we're going to close out this, this episode. Uh, I have a story here. Um, we have talked about this in the past multiple times, the CARES Act, uh, and getting funding for theaters to save them and all that. Um. Uh, apparently, a group of uh, Hollywood filmmakers has gotten together and written a letter that they have sent to to our leaders in Congress, basically saying that, you know, asking them to reallocate funds from the, the CARES Act to help keep movie theaters alive. That would affect our, our obviously, our entire industry, but also uh, the business that we work for as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys again, saveyourcinema.org you know, any, write your, your Congress people, let them know, Hey, we want to save movie theaters too, but this is, um, this is the letter that, that was written. So I'm just going to read it in its entirety. Dear leader McConnell, speaker Pelosi, leader Schumer and leader McCarthy. Thank you for your leadership at this challenging time for our country. As you consider forthcoming COVID-19 relief legislation, we ask you to prioritize assistance for the hardest hit industries like our country's beloved movie theaters. No doubt you are hearing from many, many businesses that need relief. Movie theaters are in dire straits, and we urge you to redirect unallocated funds from the CARES Act to proposals that help businesses that have suffered the steepest revenue drops due to the pandemic, or to enact new proposals such as the Restart Act. Absent a solution designed for their circumstances, theaters may not survive the impact of the pandemic. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic has been a devastating financial blow to cinemas. 93% of movie theater companies had over 75% in losses in the second quarter of 2020. 
If the status quo continues, 69% of small and mid-sized movie theater companies will be forced to file for bankruptcy or to close permanently, and 66% of theater jobs will be lost. Our country cannot afford to lose the social, economic, and cultural value that theaters provide. The movie-going experience is central to American life. 268 million people in North America went to the movies last year to laugh, cry, dream, and be moved together. Theaters are great unifiers where our nation's most talented storytellers showcase their cinematic accomplishments. Every aspiring filmmaker, actor, and producer dreams of bringing their art to the silver screen, an irreplaceable experience that represents the pinnacle of filmmaking achievement. As well as their critical cultural impact, theaters are economic force multipliers. In addition to the 150,000 employees working in cinemas nationwide, the industry supports millions of jobs in movie production and distribution, and countless others in surrounding restaurants and retailers that rely on theaters for foot traffic. Movie theaters are also leaders in employing underrepresented groups, including people with disabilities, senior citizens, and first-time job holders. Cinemas are an essential industry that represent the best that American talent and creativity have to offer, but now we fear for their future. Theaters need specific relief targeted to their circumstances. We urge you to come together on a bipartisan solution that provides this relief by reallocating unspent funds from the, from the CARES Act toward programs designed for industries like movie theaters or by enacting new proposals such as the Restart Act. These solutions would fulfill Congress's intent in helping severely distressed sectors of the economy and ensure that our resources are focused on the industries that need them the most. Please fight for our country's beloved and essential cinemas by including relief for them in any forthcoming COVID-19 legislation. Thank you for your leadership and for considering this request. Sincerely, John Fithian, President and CEO of NATO, Russ Hollander, National Executive Director of the DGA, Charles Rifkin, Chairman and CEO of the MPA, and Thomas Schlamme, of the, or the President of the DGA, as well as Wes Anderson, Judd Apatow, Michael Bay, Noah Baumbach, uh, Barbara Bricoli, James Cameron, uh, Damien Chazelle, John M. Chu, Sophie, uh, Sophia Coppola, Alfonso Cuaron, Lee Daniels, Dean Devlin, Clint Eastwood, Paul Feig, uh, Carrie Fukunaga, uh, Greta Gerwig, Evan Goldberg, Paul Greengrass. Uh, I'm just kind of getting you know, the highlights here. Uh, Barry Jenkins, uh, Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman director, Ryan Johnson, Francis Lawrence, uh, Ang Lee, Rob Letterman, Sean Levy, Richard Linklater, James Mangold, Sam Mendes, Adam McKay, Steve McQueen, uh, Chris Nolan, David O. Russell, Todd Phillips, Guy Ritchie, Seth Rogen, uh, Martin Scorsese, M. Night Shyamalan, Zack Snyder, Steven Soderbergh, uh, let's see, Denny Villeneuve, Taika Waititi, James Wan, Lulu Wang, Chris Weitz, Paul Weitz, Michael G. Wilson, Edgar Wright, Joe Wright, Kathy Ann, David Yates, and I mean, a whole bunch of others. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, Mike, brought you all of your favorite movies. Yes. Uh, just, I mean, obviously you guys know who Clint Eastwood is. Damien Chazelle did uh, La La Land, Whiplash. Um, what was the, uh, the Neil Armstrong movie last year with uh, Ryan Gosling? Uh, First Man. First Man. Um, Francis Lawrence gave you uh, the Hunger Games series. Paul Feig did Bridesmaids. We won't talk about Ghostbusters, um, but he's actually done some funny stuff as well. Um, Greta Gerwig did last year's Little Women. Michael Bay, of course, you know. Um, Barry Jenkins, we talked about. Uh, Ryan Johnson, love him or hate him, he still gave you Knives Out and Last Jedi, so you can thank him for that or despise him for that either way. Uh, 
Sorry, I can't I can't disassociate Michael Bay with multiplex now. So every time I hear Michael Bay, I just think Michael Bay is the devil. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but Martin Scorsese's in here. I mean, that dude's a legend in his own right, doing murdered yeah. taxi driver, uh, raging bull, good fellas, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, and then of course Bar- Barbara Percoli and Michael G. Wilson produced the James Bond series these days, uh, taking over from their from their dad. So, um, yeah, so I am I am all in with these guys. So yeah, if you can find the time, saveyourcinema.org, write your local Congress people, call them, let them know that movie theaters are hurting. If you're listening to the show and you work for a cinema, call them and let them know you're hurting. We're still out. We're still we're still furloughed. We we have not gone back to work full time yet, and yeah. we can't because we just we don't have enough people there. We're not getting our company's not getting the assistance that they need. They've gotten some, but not not enough, not enough to get us back. So, um, so yeah, this is we're, we're six months in, and this has not gotten any better. Um, nope. It doesn't feel like it. So, um, I hate ending on a down note. So. I said we were closing out with that. I lied to you. Let's go ahead. I did for almost forgot. Sorry, I've been drinking. Leave me alone. Uh, so all that being said, help save the movie theaters. That way we can get back to a good time, enjoying the movies that we love, getting to hang out, all that. So you and I, we mentioned last week, we've been getting a lot more retro titles. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like every, you know, we, we find, find some that we go, you know what? I haven't. I either haven't seen that on the big screen, or I want to watch it for the, on the big screen for the first yeah. time in a while. Yeah. So we decided to do a little digging, and it's appropriate since we had this poll with The Rock, even though he is not in this one. <laughs> uh, he doesn't get to be franchised Viagra until five. Yeah. Um, but we got the original, The Fast and the Furious, from two thousand one with Paul yep. Walker, Vin Diesel, Michelle uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yep. Um, and a bunch of other people. <laughs> Jordana Brewster. Ja Rule. I forgot that Ja Rule was in it until we watched it. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Chad Lindbergh. Poor Chad Lindbergh. Uh, yes. So, we watched it. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I saw it in theater okay. 20 years, almost 20 years ago. I don't think I ever did see it in theaters. Yeah. So, uh biggest takeaway from it was holy shit we're getting old one two my god why did we think that all this fashion and aesthetics was cool in the 2000s oh man no so like i we were watching it so many crop tops and low-rise pants on the girls oh lord oh no oh no uh the only person whose fashion has survived that uh that era god rest in is paul walker T-shirts, jeans, and a pair of chucks. That's all you need. That is an all-purpose outfit. You can you can go street racing in it. You can go hit on the, the girl at the cafe with it. You can go and rescue a dude hanging off of the side of a semi-truck with it. That's yeah. how personal that outfit is. That's what we learned. Uh, it was really weird, though, going back and seeing it. Because, like I said, I haven't watched it in a long time. I... I when I go back and watch any of the Fast and Furious movies at this point, it's usually like four, five, and six. I caught the very end of it on TV a few weeks ago, but it was literally like the the train jump sequence to the end. Like it was literally the last like five, ten minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, which, by so, the way, I said that doesn't count. I said it the other night. That shot of the the Supra and the Charger jumping the tracks 
is still a cool shot. It is. It just, it sucks what happens right after that. And uh, again, we're doing spoilers on a 20-year-old movie at this point. Uh, yeah, Dom winds up wrecking that truck because he hits a freaking another semi. So it's always the semi trucks in this movie. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's kind of weird to go back, uh, one, and see everybody as young as they were. Uh, Paul Walker, I didn't feel like he aged between the first one and his his untimely death in 2013 and Fast or Furious Seven. No. Uh, but Vin Diesel, like he was still like buff then anyway. But I forgot that at one point he did still actually have hair. <laughs> he just, just had it. Hair. He just had it shaved down so close that he might as well have just shaved it bald at that point. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, there were characters in there that we now have questions about. Uh, like, I, I remembered Vince. I had totally forgotten about uh, Leon. Le- Leon. Yeah. I had totally forgot about Leon. And yeah. we were talking about afterwards. We're like, whatever happened to him? He just disappeared. Yeah. We just never talked about him again. Yeah, no, his, uh, his picture shows up. So I went and did, uh, I fell down the rabbit hole the other night looking it up. Because uh, I forgot that Vince had even made an appearance in Fast Five and got killed in that one um so yeah uh so we we i'd forgot like vince i forgot had survived his injuries so because yeah. uh, it's not alluded to at any point after he gets life lighted out of there uh Le- yeah leon disappears like he is gone from yeah. from the time that that again they life light vince out of there we never hear from him again we see well, his picture in one of the later movies and that's it yeah well, when Brian comes back to confront him at the house, uh, Dom says that Leon and Letty are long gone. They 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 ran. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But what? Letty Letty comes back. Where where did Leon just say, "Man, screw you guys! Like I I can't deal with this." Yeah. And just disappear forever. Yeah. Did he try to get on with another crew and didn't have as good a luck and died? Like what what happened to Leon? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we couldn't, we could not figure it out. Uh, of course, Jesse, we love Jesse, poor Jesse. Uh, was, should be at Jesse MIT. was always my favorite. Yeah, I was going to say, except for, except he should be at MIT, except for his AD, ADD shit. Uh, yeah, uh, I forgot how, how great and terrible some of the line delivery is in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, but the way he the way he says he can't remember how to or that it's ADD, and then when he's you know Brian tells him ADD, and he's like, yeah, that that shit just throws a cigarette down. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Been there, done that. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I you mentioned the fashion, and yeah, like part of it, I was sitting there going, yeah, that's Southern California for you. I'm still. I'm fairly sure they still dress at least some variation of that to this day. Um, but one of the questions I had for you was towards the end when they're trying to, to rob the last truck and Vince jumps on there and I'm sitting, sitting there going, okay, first off, they had helmets when they first got on. Okay, he's finally put his mm-hmm. helmet on. They had all blackout clothing. They don't have it now. Mm-hmm. They're out in the desert. It's broad daylight. Okay, that's two. Why the hell are you wearing a fishnet shirt when you are trying to rob the semi and you know you're going to have to jump it, climb through broken glass on a windshield because you take out the windshield? Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
I'm trying to figure out what some of the decisions were in costuming on this, other than it's supposed to be last minute. Like, I was saying, that's what I said. It's, I think it's supposed to be last minute. They yeah. weren't fully prepared. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I had forgotten that Rick Yoon was in it, uh, who's the bad guy, um, Johnny Tran, which, you know, the following year he stars in uh, Die Another Day opposite Pierce Brosnan as... Uh, Zhao, the henchman with the uh, the diamonds in his face. And I'm going, God, he's really good at playing a dick. I forgot about that, too. And I don't remember what happened to him other than he was in Olympus Has Fallen, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to go back and relive it, but holy cow, uh, does that movie feel its age and make you feel your age? From that first shot, when you see Weddy's boot come out of her car... And it's just that massive platform boot with flames on it. I was like, oh my gosh. I, for- right. I totally forgot how epically 2000s all the fashion of this is. Like, oh, oh, it's so... I, like, I remember a time when I thought that she was just the coolest looking person ever. And I'm like, oh no. I'm, yeah. glad I, I'm glad I wasn't allowed to make my own drastic fashion choices as a teenager. Yeah, uh, no, of of course, you know, Vin Diesel is, you know, sleeveless the entire damn movie, uh, and I'm going, of course, if I had arms look like that, I would be too, like, I, I can't also, It's also, like you said, it's, it's Southern California. It's SoCal, yeah, uh, but he, I swear to God, him and The Rock must have, have in their claws now any movie that, the, any movie they do must be allowed to show off as much muscle as possible. <laughs> Uh, because I can't remember the last time that I saw Vin Diesel looking that small and still being that buff. Uh, so yeah, I'm just like, you got the guns, show them. So yeah, it, uh, it is definitely a product of its time. Um, and I think there was one point where I told you, I said, I'm pretty sure that this whole scene, it was the party scene after, after Brian helps, Mm -hmm. uh, Dom escape from the cops and he brings him back to the house and like you had dudes drinking Coronas you had you know video games rap music scantily clad women girls making out all that and I just looked at you and I said I feel like this scene was just specifically designed to entice frat boys like how are we gonna keep the dude dude bros happy yeah here we go give them a house party and throw all these things in and they're like yeah that's like college and I'm like I'm sitting there going, I, I mean, not that I haven't been to a party like that, but holy shit, I'm just sitting there going, I don't know which one came first, the art or the reality. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but it was fun. Uh, I kind of wish we were getting some of the other ones so that way we could go back and watch, like, watch the progression of the entire series. We did get a hard drive that's just the Fast and Furious se- se- series, but yeah. Unless yeah. we're broke for it, we won't get keys. We won't be able to do it. Right. But uh, yeah, I was I was tempted to to see how many of them are streaming to see if I could have a little impromptu marathon. I think I only own the first one. I think I do too. Because I remember after I watched the first time, I was obsessed with it for the longest time. Right. Uh, hold but I think on. that's the only one I bought. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if they're on the Peacock streaming network from NBC Universal. Uh, da, 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 da. 
Ooh, we got Halloween movies on there to choose from. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> so the third and fourth movies are on the Peacock to stream faux free. I honestly don't know that I've ever seen the second or third ones all the way through. Um, the second one is the one that Vin Diesel didn't come back for. Right. And then the third one was the one that's set in Japan with a whole new cast until Vin Diesel. I was going to say, that's, that's Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah, Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With so, the Bow Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's his face that refuses to do anything other than his southern accent? Right. Uh, <laughs> Lucas Black. His name, yeah. yeah. His name escapes me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it's just, it's kind of funny to, to sit there and go, when was the last time that this franchise was actually about just street racing and a little bit of crime? Because now it's, now it's just cars and, and big dumb spy missions, which I'm usually okay with, but. There's a massive, to- there's a massive plot to, 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 destroy the world now we have to get these former street racers to come save us right (laughs) you go back to the first one after what we've watched in the more recent ones you're like this is one of these things is not like the other (laughs) how many how many times did brian break the law and get his get his uh police badge taken away and then be given another chance if you just if you just do this properly we'll give you your badge back and then he just like screw you yeah yeah like why why do they keep calling them to come save the world right like why like i get you become international criminals in like four and five and then like six forces you to go save the world and i'm going how did we get to this point we were just like seriously like that first movie we're stealing dvds and tv vcr combos and you and i got hyped about that because When's the last time you saw a TV VCR? And I was like, I think I think that's a VCR. And then they zoom out to that TV VCR combo and your brother just like, oh yes. <laughs> uh yeah. So again, to I, I kind of want to go. We might have to start visiting this uh, every so often and just kind of go through the franchise and go, how? How do we get from here to here? And how do we keep introducing these characters that either die and come back or have never been mentioned before? Because yeah. like in in the next one, Fast Nine, uh, it's the the bad guy is supposed to be Dom and and oh why can I not remember her name, his sister. Um, Mia. Yeah. It's supposed to be Dom and Mia's other brother, played by John Cena, uh, and I'm going. They've never mentioned him before. Like how how are we getting to that? Like how are we just now finding out about this? Like a brother that's never no, this, been mentioned this is a 20 year old movies franchise. this is a 20 year old franchise how did we get here uh i did say though that the one thing i kind of want to see experience at one point just once in real life is to actually go and see uh an actual like illegal street race and when the cops show up go sir i was just walking to my car i don't know what happened i was parked all these cars swarmed me i i was just here so uh yeah because i think you and i were trying to figure out how do we get out of there like why are they all running like in opposite directions why wouldn't you just pull away very calmly so anyway all right guys well that's gonna do it for us this week uh no this was fun so um yeah again make sure you guys write your your congressman call them do whatever you got to do um also here for the next couple weeks i'm going to be reminding you guys get registered to vote this year it's an it's obviously it's an election year 
every election's important. This one is super important as well. Make sure you're registered to vote. Go vote, request a ballot, mail it in, do all that. So I can't stress enough that you need to do your civic duty, especially this year. Yep. So from all of us here, Trisha, do you have anything to add? Okay. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at drunk underscore theater. Follow us on Facebook at my drunk movie theater. Uh, you can also email us at uh, my drunk movie theater at gmail.com from all of us here at my drunk movie theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And be nice to your damn movie staff. <laughs>